Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Okay, a little bit disappointing, but a really fun night altogether. A super fun game with just a ton of memorable moments and heartwarming moments between Kyle, even just like arena staff prior to the game, him calling out security guards and stuff like, hey, what's up, dude? It's just it's really nice to see a person return to community. And that's exactly what happened with Kyle Lowry here. Yes, the Raptors lost 114 to 109. Yes, they've fallen back to sixth when it seemed like they were maybe hot on the heels of fourth. And uh, yes, now they're currently behind the Bulls, who are now fifth. But I would have preferred, much preferred, to see Kyle have to go into those you know, press conferences playing the, the gracious loser where he still has to talk about how important the city is and how, you know, how big a, a deal Toronto is and this franchise and all that kind of stuff. And to shower the young guys over here in there in the compliments they so they so deserve but as it turns out the Raptors lose this one you know Kyle had a good game 16 6 10 16 points on eight shots is so unbelievably Kyle Lowry as well and and the 10 assists you know only two turnovers the the classic five to one assist ratio it's just a really nice game from him. We had a couple of the classic Kyle Lowry isms, like the running to your left, a guy reaches in, you throw it up at the rim, kind of crazy. It goes in. He had Pascal in jail and then put on the brakes and Pascal spilled all over him. They both fell over. Just a ton of the Kyle Lowry-esque things. We got Fred Van Vliet jumping up against the vertical Lowry, you know, the rule of verticality that he's perfected for so long. And, and Fred actually got up and scored over top of it. Scotty started screaming and flexing. Fred had a big smile on his face. It was like, you know, a real, maybe not passing of the torch, but it was it was a nice moment. And then Kyle, obviously, he lost his record to Fred. Fred hit four threes in this game, hit three threes right away, and uh, so set the record that was previously Kyle's. Just a bunch of fun stuff. A little bit less fun because there were some notable players missing from this game. The most notable, obviously, Jimmy Butler and OG Ananobi. But, you know, guys like uh, P.J. Tucker and Gabe Vincent are quite important for the Heat as well, and they weren't available in this one. Obviously, Malcolm Flynn still injured, still dealing with stuff, and, you know, the Raptors have a bunch of inactive players every night because 
Nick Nurse doesn't like the bench as much as a lot of other guys. So anyway, the Raptors, yeah, 114 to 109. They lost this game in the second half, largely, I think, because three-pointers stopped falling and uh, they saw more zone. And it's all it's always about how you mix zone. It's always about choosing when to run it because the Raptors still, and the league over, teams score well against zone. On a points-per-possession basis, you can only run it out there for so many possessions before teams kind of figure it out, whether it's through shooting or the passing, resetting, kind of screening the strong side to open up two-man games and stuff like that. Teams figure it out, and the Raptors, they did, but not fast enough, and the Heat got away with more zone possessions than maybe we would have liked. Like They started running you know, full-court press and then coming back into his zone. And the Raptors, who were scoring with relative ease in the first half, largely on the backs of Fred and, and Pascal Siakam, they struggled a lot more in the second half because guys like Thaddeus Young, Precious Sichua, Chris Boucher, you know, Kem, these guys weren't able to navigate as much of the, the middle of the floor as guys would want. So they have to put Pascal in the middle of the floor, but then you get a sinking defense. So the ball funnels to the outside. Do the Raptors hit their outside shots? No. Did they get as many open three-point looks as they may have wanted? Shooting 39 in a game, yes, that's more than they average on the season, I believe. But on top of that, Scotty Barnes takes a quarter of your threes. He took more than, than Gary Trent Jr. did in this game. And Gary Trent Jr., he only took 13 shots. The Heat did a really good job of running him off the line and funneling those possessions farther down to less desirable shooters. Like, Scotty, even though he hit three threes, him taking nine of those in a game is a huge win for the Heat defensively. That's exactly what they want to do. Less possessions for Pascal. He scored 29 on 18 shots. Fred scored 29 on 17 shots. Barnes had 19 on 16. Like These are efficient avenues to, to offense, but the Raptors left points on the floor just because they weren't discerning enough. And also the Heat moving them farther down the shot clock and into more difficult situations to make shots from or they once a guy has the ball in his hands you're like okay you know the shot kind of has to go up here I don't know if we'll get a better one but it's still not what you want and in the first half they had less of those problems I would say and guys were found more they found easier avenues to impact easier avenues to offense and in the second half that just very clearly wasn't the case even in the middle quarters I would say they, they scored 44 points in the second and third quarter combined and and the Heat, I believe, had 51. But the big the big disparity was obviously 34 to 23 in the third quarter, 35 to 31 in the fourth. The Raptors, it's their scheme, okay? And this is a scheme that brought them, it brought them from bottom 10 in the league to top 10. And when they've had health, they've been able to cover a lot more distance defensively. Their length gums up these passing lanes, driving lanes, the the rim deterrence has been better. They've gotten more turnovers. And not having OG really does hurt. OG was obviously a big part of those wins against the Heat earlier in the season. And the Raptors were giving up just a little more space than they would have liked. And especially Kyle. He wasn't available for these other games. But Kyle being able to hunt those advantages as the lead ball creator is definitely allowing the Raptors... Sorry, not the Raptors definitely allowing the Heat to kind of mine better shots than they're used to. And that's the value of Kyle Lowry. And the Raptors have seen it over so many games. Raptors fans have seen it over so many games. Is that, you know, a couple extra dribbles get put on the floor. A defender kind of wades a little bit closer to the paint. 
and a, a jump shot is just that little bit more open. It's always finding the the maximal you know opportunity. And Kyle did a fantastic job of that tonight. And the Raptors, they give chase. They pull off the corner. They're going to give up corner threes. They give up the most in the NBA. They allow the middle of the pack as far as percentage, but they give up the most in the NBA. And tonight, Max Struess just making it rain hellfire. I think he ended up with seven threes. That's not so crazy. Struess is a really good shooter. The The crazy part is probably Oladipo, who had hit, well, simply put, he's played six games coming into this one and hit four threes in those six games on 25%. He's played like 50 games over the past however many years. And let's see, what's his three-point percentage over his last? Let's Let's go. I'm just sorting through some stats here. Just... Bear with me. So his three-point percentage over his last nearly 600 attempts is 33%. But tonight, he he shot six of nine, including like a, a 29-footer just from a standstill in clutch time. It's tough to bridge that gap when the other team is finding such high-quality offense from guys like that. And, and Tyler Hero, his dribble penetration, he consistently got past his guy. Oftentimes, it was Gary Trent Jr., and Gary had a really tough time staying in front of him. But the Raptors are also a team that, as we talked about, gets into rotation. And guys like Kyle Lowry, guys like Tyler Hero, they punch rotation, dude. They get right in the middle of it. They're both super heady at getting to their own shot, creating for others. And they did you know, just a terrific job of, of finding their teammates. And that's where the Raptors really stumbled in this game. But the, the bright spots are obviously Pascal and Fred. Fred getting 11 free throws in a game is... In a lot of games, that would just be the number one plot. It's like, how the hell did this guy get to the line for 11 free throws? There's a little, you know, that's buoyed a little bit by three-point fouling. But it's it's a big deal. And the fact that he had 29 on 17 shots is like this return to earlier in the season potency. Four of 11 from downtown is even pretty, pretty encouraging given where his shot has been lately. So that's been super nice to see, even though it did fade a little bit as the game went on. It was still a nice performance from him. At the point of attack, he's still a good defender. He's still doing his thing. And Pascal was the best player on the floor. I think the game over, uh, you know, in, in a game, even if Butler was there tonight, Pascal is the best player on the floor in a lot of the games that the Raptors play. Ideally, he will be in the playoffs too, right? And that's that's where the Raptors have a puncher's chance to playing this unique brand and having a talent like Pascal. And if Fred kind of, you know, finds his form again as a shooter, it gets pretty dangerous. But Pascal was really great in this game. He he navigated the Heat defense in a really special way, got to his spots. You know, it's it's really tough to take that much attention and know when your opportunity comes and when to become a facilitator and to, to you know, kind of you have a hierarchy of decision making that you want to adhere to. How, how do you how do you discern which is which? And he's just been really masterful at doing it. The 29-8 and 5 in this game really strong. His defense, I thought, was tremendous. There's a lot of mistakes made in this game, a lot of court coverage necessary from some of the more experienced guys, and Pascal was problem-solving all night. It was it was a super fun game for him. The process was really strong, and uh, yeah, man, re- really strong game. Wish they could have pulled it out for him. And yeah, with the other two big contributors in this game, Scotty and Gary, Gary shot the ball pretty well. He, he did what was asked of him. It's just he it's tough with the heat running you off the line, knowing do you extend advantage and like put the ball on the floor and then 
pass the ball like a skip pass or something? Or do you put the ball on the floor and take a mid-range jumper? What is the best outcome for that possession? And Gary, it seemed like, was having a tough time making those decisions when it wasn't extremely apparent that the ball hits his hands, get that ball up and, and shoot it and stuff like that. So he was having a hard time kind of navigating and you know that situation. And his point of attack defense was really, I thought it was poor against Tyler Hero. And uh, his passing lane defense, though, was a little bit better. He got three steals. You know, he's a gambler. And there's propriety stat, proprietary stats that say, yes, he's a gambler. Yes, he, he basically gives up more points off of gambles than anybody else in the NBA. But steals are important. And the Raptors, they want to get steals. They want to create turnovers. And so it's all part of their defensive scheme. The, the gambles are, so are the corner threes. And the Raptors are sitting on a combined, you know, if they made 13, 39 points from downtown from Max Struess and Victor Oladipo. When the Raptors aren't getting as much from their whole team, like they only made 12, it's it's tough to lose the three-point battle to just two guys. And that's that's a huge factor in this game. There are other things, but I thought the Raptors did pretty well guarding guys like like Bam Adebayo, pretty well on on Morris, and uh, just Oladipo and uh, Struess getting loose was... Struess getting loose. Those were pretty important to the outcome of this game. And, and Hero and Lowry... They're always going to cut you up, especially when you play like the Raptors. But it was just the coverage to get back to shooters that was a little bit short. But there's shooting talent, man. It, it can swing games. The Raptors are a team that employs Gary Trent Jr., have decimated other teams because Gary Trent Jr. You know, was on a run where he's scoring 30-plus every game on 50-50-90 splits. Like Shooting talent, sometimes you lose games because the other teams just shoot the hell out of the ball. That's the way the NBA works, and that is definitely a part of this game. The Raptors, the scheme, for the most part, it did its thing. It would have been much better if OG was there, but, you know, they got rained on from downtown. And, uh, yeah, Scotty, too many shots from downtown, obviously. You need to probe a little bit more. He's uniquely gifted in his ability to pass, his ability to create and do this kind of stuff. So, you know, take that closeout and put the ball on the floor Get into like the mid post, see if you can create for your own shot, see if you can get downhill. Stuff we've seen Pascal do, it would have been helpful if Scotty emulated a bit of that. But three of nine isn't bad from downtown, all things considered. It's just probably not where you're losing those offensive possessions a lot of time as far as process goes. And the the bench bigs, Boucher, Achua, and Young. Uh, Boucher is just like in a, a run of form where he's really having trouble getting things to drop in around the rim. And, you know, his his field goal percentage numbers are always going to be muddied up because of how many taps he gets up towards the rim. And the NBA is not really discerning in the taps that they consider field goals. Like, he's going to end up like he was 2 of 9 the other night. He's 3 of 10 tonight. It's He's just trying to hammer these things home at the bucket. And, you know, he's providing that pressure. Like, he had three offensive rebounds in this game, and that's a good thing. And I thought his defense was still fairly good. As I said, the defense... You know, they lost, they got rained on, but I don't think it's an indictment of the defensive scheme. I don't think it means that guys played poor within it. Sometimes guys make threes. And the Raptors weren't able to funnel the ball as much away from Struess as they might have liked. But if they had told you, you know, coming into this game that the type of shots that Oladipo was getting, some of them 29-footers, some of them step-back threes, you know, off-the-bounce threes, Nick Nurse, the whole coaching staff, they probably would sign off on that and say, we're winning those possessions. That's what we want. And 
You just come out on the bad side of it. Achua was really strong to start defensively. Low man rotations, moving guys away from the rim, making the making the heat, you know, cycle through different offensive looks was good. And Thad, it's just the offensive punch. And this this counts for Kem, Precious, Thad, you know, Boucher to a lesser extent, but still these guys have to be able to provide more offensive punch. The zone worked against the Raptors because none of these guys could give you anything really. And other types of possessions that just fall short because these bigs have to be able to put the ball in the basket because the Raptors, if their shooters A, aren't making as much as they want or B, are getting run off the line, getting Kem Birch downhill for like a floater is a better shot than getting Gary Trent Jr. downhill for a floater. You know what I mean? Like it's, there are certain things that you have to be able to accomplish so that you're not just, you know, uh, a homogenized offensive process. And the Heat, definitely in the second half, were able to force the the Raptors into a lot of looks that weren't very successful for them. And then you have, you know, Pascal doing the takeover late and bringing them back into the game and stuff like that. But it's still, they didn't have enough creation from other spots on the floor. And them's the breaks, dude. That's That's the way it shakes out sometimes. Reggie Evans Award, I don't even know who I'd give it to, really. This is a really tough one to give. So I'm going to give it to Fred. Just, it's very easy to just lean Fred. But this is the first game of the year where, where I found it didn't actually just pop out at me. And uh, But I'll give it to Fred anyway, because big shout out Fred. Uh, set the record, took it from Kyle. Big smiles, you know, had, had a couple uh, big plays that I think were really fun to watch on screen. So. Yeah, uh, I hope this is a sign of things to come for Fred. He's obviously not healed from his knee thing. He's fighting through it, but we'll see how all of that goes. And uh, yeah, uh, quick reaction comment. The top one from Chisnack, quote, Kem Birch hasn't scored a point in three games. Why is this man starting? End quote. So this is obviously, I, I've been saying for months and months, basically since November, that I thought um, Precious Sachua should be starting games. And I, I've been low on Kem Birch for a long time. I, I, anyway, Kem is fine as a backup. He definitely shouldn't be starting in the NBA. And even as a primary backup, you can quibble about whether he's the right guy on a high level team or whatever. But I, him starting is obviously because Nick Nurse really likes the terror duo of Boucher and Precious coming off of the bench and then mixing in those transitional lineups. That's all I will say. That's why it's happening. It's not because Kem is a better player than Precious. It's not because Kem is a better player than Boucher. It's nothing like that. As soon as OG is healthy again, and if everybody stays healthy, then Kem is back to the bench, and he'll play less than Boucher. He'll play less than Thad, and he'll play less than Precious. But this is just trying to maintain some winning lineups that the Raptors have found lately. So that's that's the reason. But it's certainly not trying to reward a guy for being really good. And he, man, he needs to score the ball. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I have the same. I, it's tough to watch him give up shots. And especially if, you know, that short roll into space where he passes to the corner, sometimes that just isn't advantage gain. Sometimes that does not create a good look for the offense. And yeah, man, that's, uh, yeah, them's the breaks, as I like to say, probably way too much. I lean on it. A vocal tick, as it were. Anyway, thanks for, well, I just say, Kyle, thanks for being a Toronto Raptor. And Kyle Lowry, thank you for 
playing such a unique and wonderful brand of basketball. Thank you for helping bring a championship to the city. And thank you for being such an intelligent, charismatic, and wonderful man, an easy player to cheer for, and a good man, a good father, all the things that you'd want somebody to be. By all accounts, he is these things, and uh, he's a hero in Canada for a reason. You know, celebrity is a murky topic, you know, no false idols, stuff like that. But we gravitate towards these things because people have these, you know, massive accomplishments. And I'm glad that Kyle is being celebrated for his. So Kyle Lowry, thank you for being such a great basketball player. And by all counts, a decent and good man. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.